for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, for this week, we're going to discuss some more NBA news. Uh, Bradley Beal was traded to Phoenix. Was that yesterday? I think yesterday or today. Um, John Morant's suspension was announced by Adam Silver. Uh, Draymond Green opted out. Um, and then we'll discuss some possibilities with uh, Damian Lillard trades. I know Miami is uh, they're aggressive in pursuing him. And then also we'll check in on the MLB. You know, the baseball season has already started. It's now June. This is mostly when I start uh, paying attention about baseball uh, because, you know, NBA is on and, you know, you've got the finals and you're more locked into NBA postseason than the start of the MLB season. But it's been a pretty good season. Uh, we'll discuss the, um, the rule changes and how it's improved the, uh, the pace of play for the games. Okay, so recapping the Bradley Beal trade, he got traded to Phoenix, which, you know, there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, I hate the trade. I hate the trade because Phoenix was already uh, top-heavy in the postseason, which we saw in the postseason when they lost um, to uh, to Denver, was that um, it's just Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. They're going to have to combine for 85, 90 points a game for them to even be uh, consistent at all, especially in the playoffs against a deep Denver team. Um, they have no bench. They traded all their their depth that they had to acquire Kevin Durant, right? And then, um, you know, they already had issues with DeAndre Ayton. They don't have any bigs, and likely they're likely to move off of DeAndre Ayton, who, you know, has underperformed, definitely underachieved for being the number one pick out of Arizona. Um, and he just, I don't know, he just seems like he needs a change of scenery. You know, sometimes it doesn't work for certain players, um, you know, in certain teams. But he went there probably thinking he was going to be the number one number one um, option. Maybe, uh, obviously, number two option with Devin Booker there. But they were never a one-two combo. You know, they had to bring in Chris Paul. They had to bring in some other guys. Um, you know, their bench was a lot better. Cam Johnson, uh, Mikhail Bridges, uh, Jay Crowder when he was on those, um, on those teams with making deep runs. Um, but you know, as far as the roster construction goes, it's like, okay, well now, I mean, where do you go from here? You get, um, he's not, you know, Bradley Beal has been in the league for 10 years now, uh, coming out of Florida, you know, he's always been, you know, a good scorer. He's a good shooter, but, um, his stats have been falling off over the last couple of years. He hasn't played a full season since I want to say 2018, 2019, maybe last few years he's played 50 games, 60 games, you know, he had that one year, uh, this was like a couple years ago, maybe three years ago, where he scored, he averaged 30 points a game, um, he had the highest usage rate in the NBA, I believe, that year, you know, basically the ball was in his hands all the time, but, you know, you never feared um, a Washington Wizards team led by Bradley Beal, um, in my opinion, he's never been, you know, he, he's never been like a top 10 guy even that year when he was scoring you know 30 plus points a game he was I don't think he's a top 25 guy maybe top 30 if you go down the list and you try to name 30 guys better than Bradley Beal or I'll say not better but 30 guys you'd rather have instead of Bradley Beal especially with that contract and and what he brings to the table as far as um, a basketball player offensively right Um, I mean there's just so many more players I'd rather have especially for this Phoenix team, because this Phoenix team, you know, you have Kevin Durant and then you have Devin Booker. Kevin Durant has had major injuries already. 
I mean, he's missed some time last year when he just got, you know, acquired by the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Devin Booker, you know, he's he's kind of gotten to that next tier for me. He's like a tier two player. A lot of people were trying to put him in, you know, tier one, but he doesn't he doesn't show up in big moments, and we've seen that. We've seen that in the finals against Milwaukee Bucks, but then he'll have big games, you know, in the playoffs. You know, he had a good run. Um, this postseason and him and Kevin Durant did and I and my you know I give my full respect to him because you know what they had to work with they didn't have a lot of cohesion Kevin Durant came late in the season so they didn't have a lot of time to play together and then he got injured so they didn't really get time to play together until the playoffs and by then it was already too late and they're still trying to form chemistry there and then Chris Paul whatever's left of Chris Paul he was kind of in and out of the lineup and can you really consistently rely on him as often as you used to be able to you know, in these big moments, and you couldn't really do that. And then DeAndre Ayton, whatever's left of DeAndre Ayton, even though he's really young, like he just he just doesn't have it, in my opinion, as a big man, especially in this in this league. Um, so yeah, I I give full credit to uh, Durant and Booker for what happened in the postseason, how they played. They played really well. Like they had a lot on their shoulders, and people were picking them to win the championship. It's like you know what? They don't have the continuity at all. They have no depth. It's just going to have to be those two guys like going insane, which they were going insane, you know, a few of those games, but then they just ran out of gas, which is completely understandable, especially when you're going against a juggernaut like uh, the Nuggets, right? But I'm not sure where they go from here, you know, because they were already a team that was, you know, lacking depth. They were already a team that needed a starting point guard to kind of set up the offense, have everything run through them and, you know, help facilitate, get everything going. But now... They got rid of Chris Paul, and I'm like, okay, they need a point guard to, um, to you know, help Chris Paul in, in terms of you know when he's injured or when he's out. But now your starting point guard is campaign, who a few years ago was playing overseas. Was he he was he in Taiwan or something? He was overseas, and now it's kind of you know he's had some big games in the playoffs. I'll give him that. He's had some good scoring efforts, but that's not somebody you can consistently rely on or should rely on at all. Uh, you know, you got new ownership here with Matt Ishbia, got rid of uh, Monty Williams, um, and then they also um, made made some big trades, obviously, bringing in Kevin Durant, and then now bringing in Bradley Beal. Uh, and, you know, this Bradley Beal is one of those guys who I was just like, okay, well, you know, the Wizards, he, he's never, you know, leading the Wizards to, you know, a deep run or anything like that. He's not a number one guy. Um and then, you know, I never thought that he actually wanted to leave. You know, he's one of the few players that have a no trade clause for some reason. You know, his agents did a great job, um, gave him a no trade clause. So he could actually dictate where he wants to go. And it was either Miami or Phoenix, but he chose Phoenix over Miami. Um, but he, he was never a guy to me that was like, oh, you know, I want to leave. I want to leave. Like he was just kind of wanting to stay there because he was the main attraction in Washington they signed him to two Supermax deals, basically. This most recent one is $224 million or something like that. So in a few years, he's going to be making $57 million. He's, right now, he's making 44. Next year, he's going to be $47 million, uh, which is crazy. So you're going to be so top-heavy with the roster construction in Phoenix, paying Kevin Durant whatever he's making. Devin Booker has a fat contract. So now... It's just you're not you're gonna basically be trying to do what the Miami Heat did in 2012. You have all your contracts, all your money allocated to three guys: Bosch, Wade, and LeBron, 
And after that, you're just getting, you know, bargain basement guys to one year deals who possibly might want to win a championship with these guys. But when the Miami Heat did it, they had um, they had the ability to do that because they had great players, great coach. Right. And, um, you know, the league was a lot different. Like with that, with those players on that team, you can easily like, okay, I'm going to win 55, maybe 60 games and we're going to make a deep run. We're going to be in the finals. We'll have a chance. Right. But if, you know, veteran guys um, are looking to join the Phoenix Suns, it's not, you know, a, a for sure thing that they're going to make the NBA Finals. Like, definitely not. Like, as far as odds go, I would say, you know, Denver Nuggets obviously have the best chance in the West. But um, after that, you know, uh, I'll get into the Jaws suspension here soon. But, you know, Memphis has to be up there, I think. And then, like, maybe, maybe Sacramento over Phoenix because of, you know, Sacramento has a complete roster. I would even put the Lakers and even I would have even put Golden State over the Nuggets as far as teams that have the best chances to to win the NBA Finals outside of the West, right? And so if Phoenix is going to try to attract some veteran pieces or some buyout guys, I don't think I don't think they're for sure going to want to go to Phoenix. They'll probably they'll definitely want to go to um, you know, teams like Denver, uh, Milwaukee, you know, maybe the Sixers, you know, teams that, you know, maybe the Celtics too, teams that are, are for sure, um, you know, championship ready. But for the Suns, it's like, okay, now you already had problem with depth and then you had a problem at the, at the point guard position. So then you got rid of Landry Shamit, who, you know, he, he had some, some good playoff moments. And then Chris Paul was your starting point guard. But then also the Wizards didn't get any, any first round picks out of this. It was, they got multiple second round picks and then they just got pick swaps. Um, so I hate the trade for the Wizards too because if you're doing a rebuild, you could at least get a couple first round picks for that contract that you had to get rid of, right? But then I was I looked at it and and uh, Bradley Beal's agent is uh, his dad is the father of the CEO. I forget what their name is, but the CEO of the Phoenix Suns. There's a, a familiar connection there, and it happened on Father's Day, so maybe they were already having a conversation and said, "Hey, um, what do you think about Bradley Beal?" He's like, "Oh, what are my what are my top clients here? Okay, son. Well, how about you just you know how about you just put in a good word that all we need is a, a couple second round picks and give us Chris Paul, you know, give us a, an expiring contract, and then also uh, yeah, just give us Shamit to make it look good, make it look decent." Um, I think the NBA should definitely investigate this because there's, you know, NBA is all about connections and and, and relationships, and that's a that's a big uh, f- familial uh, relationship there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just feel like both sides. It's a, it's a loss for both sides. Honestly, this is lose lose trade. Um, I guess I understand what they had to do in in Phoenix, but if I'm Phoenix, I think I'd rather have Damian Lillard. And if I'm anybody, I'd rather have Damian Lillard instead of Bradley Beal. He's He's a better player. He's a little bit older, but he's a better player. Um, there was one point where it was actually I think it could still be argued. Steph Curry's the best point guard, and then it was like one and one A for a while. For a few years, it was one A, one and one A, and one A was Damian Lillard. And you could either take you could take either one. I felt like shooting the ball. Both of them could shoot very deep. Both of them could shoot very well from three. Also free throw line and also inside the paint. Um, defensively, they both lack. You know, um, they both have de- defensive liabilities. I, even though Steph, I feel like, is a better uh, team defender. But David Lillard had a, had a run there where he was like one, two, best point guard, 
can't you can't go wrong with the pick. I feel I felt like um, you know Steph obviously has the hardware as far as MVPs and, and, and championships, but just the way Dame plays, his leadership abilities, and um, he just seems like a good teammate. Um, so I, I, if I was Phoenix, I would have rather made that trade because then you have a, a, a top caliber starting point guard. But then for Washington, I just don't understand how you don't get uh, at least one first round pick. Like I don't, I don't understand that. But um, you know, so they're starting to rebuild. Not not doing very well. <laughs> Start the rebuild because I felt like that was their their best asset maybe. Other than that, you have Porzingis, I guess, but, you know, they were always kind of, you know, they, they were there. Oh, Kelly Oubre. Is he back there? I'm not sure. I forget. They had Kelly Oubre, um, Porzingis, you know, they were always decent players that they had there. But, you know, at the start of the season, they looked okay. Like, oh, look at Washington. And then they just come, you know, snap back to reality. And, and then you realize Bradley Beal's not a number one guy. Maybe, you know, since they're not asking him to be a number one guy, maybe he'll be a, a, a really good uh, number three guy for Phoenix, um, but I'm concerned about the usage because Devin Booker was already a high usage player. Kevin Durant has to be a high usage player, and then Bradley Beal was a high usage player in uh, Washington. These three players they do not complement each other well. Um, the best defender is Kevin Durant, but he's injured a lot, so I don't know who you're going to have being like your main defender, really, or your two way player. None of them um, really make other guys around them better, except Kevin Durant, I would say. Uh, Devin Booker hasn't shown that he can elevate people or make other guys better. Definitely not Bradley Beal, as we've seen um, during his tenure in Washington. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, all of them averaged uh, at least 23 points um, a game last year. So you're going to have a lot of scoring. They're just going to have to outscore people, but there's going to be no defense. So if, if I'm them, I would just – I'm just – I'm just signing guys who are known for defense or some some sort of a three and D guys. Um, that's the best they could do. Obviously, they're going to move off of uh, DeAndre Ayton because I feel like that's probably their best asset outside of these three guys. And um, I don't know. Maybe you can flip them into a John Collins trade. I don't think so, but maybe um, you could probably trade them for a few first round draft picks for this year's draft. Uh, in a couple weeks, or is it this week? I think this week. So maybe they do that, uh, but they could probably get you know multiple guys from DeAndre Ayton, but not many because he his stock is pretty low right now. Um, but yeah, that was that trade. So we'll see. And then Chris Paul apparently is going to be rerouted to probably the Clippers. The Clippers are interested, but also what I thought was interesting was that the um, the Warriors and the Kings. We're trying to trade for Chris Paul before the trade was finalized to send him to Washington. So I thought that was interesting. But, you know, he's a guy. He's, you know, obviously in the twilight of his career, unless he goes to Milwaukee or something like that, I don't think he's going to win an NBA championship. Um, I think he's more of like a, a player coach role right now because he's injured a lot. But, you know, he still can show up in certain moments where he can give you, you know, like 20 and 10. Like he, he's, showed, he's shown that. He showed that last year. Um throughout the season but we'll see and then uh, another player that's potential that has potential to get traded is Damon Lillard he has already reiterated that he wants to remain in Portland uh, he doesn't want the rebuild um, but you know I think time's kind of ticking on that I think it depends on where the draft goes for the Portland Trailblazers they have the number three pick you know if they're are they going to get um you know, Scoot Henderson, because if they get Scoot Henderson, they have to trade Dame because 
they can't do another backcourt with two undersized guards, right? So if that's the case, because Dame wants to win now, he doesn't want to do another rebuild, and he's already reiterated that. He's like, hey, I believe in Portland. I want to be in Portland. But if Portland, is, if they don't plan on on uh, contending right now, then I need to go somewhere else. And he's already mentioned uh, Miami as a possibility and also uh, Brooklyn, which I thought Brooklyn was interesting because, you know, Brooklyn is not as good as as Miami, obviously, right? And I would love to see him in Miami. Miami is lacking a ball-dominant guard that can really get things going offensively. Um, as far as asset-wise goes, I guess Portland would take back um, Tyler Hero and like probably like a first-round pick or something. And then you'd have Jimmy Butler, Bam, and... Damian Lillard and like just a bunch of role players and veteran guys and I think they can do that because I mean we saw throughout the postseason and in the finals it's like they were short one guy you know basically like when Bam didn't have it because Bam he could get you like 25 probably tops like he's not going to get you like a 35 40 point game just his game doesn't allow it the way he plays basketball just doesn't really allow it um but then when Jimmy doesn't have it, you know, you're counting on so many other role players to try to get it going. You know, like all these three-point shooters or undrafted guys, Caleb Martin, uh, Max Struess, um, you know, like Duncan Robinson. You're, you're relying on so many guys that might not have it that night, right? But when you have Damian Lillard, you can run the offense through him. If Jimmy's injured or Jimmy's off the off the off the court, then you know you can easily run the offense through through Damian Lillard. But um, I. I would expect like a big announcement, like depending on what they do in the draft. But if they're able to get, because they're trying to trade some some Toronto players like Siakam and OG, if they're able to get one of those guys um, for Dame, and I think I think Dame would want to stay in Portland. But you know, Portland had uh, entertained a trade for Bradley Beal, but then uh, Dame Lillard said a Bradley Beal trade would not move the needle for him personally. And so they backed out of that trade, which, you know, I agree. Smart GM move to ask Damian Lillard first, if that's what you would want. Um, but yeah, I, I think I expect him to stay in Portland, honestly, uh, just based on what he said and based on everything that has, that has gone on this season and everything. But um, I think it really depends on draft. But then, you know, once the draft happens, if they draft a guard or something happens there, then I think Dame will be traded during the season. I don't think it's going to happen right away. I think a lot needs to happen um, for a trade that big to go down, especially with Miami, because Miami doesn't have that many assets, but they're aggressively trying to pursue Dame Lillard. I think, I'm not sure who else. Obviously, you know, the Lakers probably like to have him and, um, you know, many other teams, but they just, they need to be able to have the assets to trade for the for for Damian Lillard because his contract is pretty big too, so you have to match up the numbers somehow. Um, John Morant's suspension was announced and he got twenty five games, uh, but now there's reports that it was just like a toy gun or something, which you know I don't know what to believe. Um, even if it was a toy gun, it's like why are you why are you still like messing around with a, a a toy gun that looks like a real gun and then you're showing it in videos? Like I just I don't believe it. Then he released a statement. Of course, you know, he wanted to apologize to his sponsors, his teammates, his fans that look up to him, all this. I'm going to come back. I'm a better man. I want to show you who I am. I'm a better person than I was, blah, blah, blah. We need to see action. 
we needed to see action instead of these words um, because it happened already before. So now you have stronger words for what's happening, and now we need to just be able to see it again. We need to see you stick to your word about who you want to be as a person and as an athlete that people are, are going to follow. So now Memphis, they have Tyus Jones playing. Uh, he's a backup point guard. But, you know, with, with your best player missing 25 games, like, come on. Like, that's a big chunk of the season. I yeah, I, th- I felt like they were going to give him 25, 30 games. It just seemed like that because of, like, you know, the optics of it. Like, first first time, like, okay. But then you do it again, like, very soon after that first time. And, you know, you're making Adam Silver, the commissioner, look dumb. You're making everybody who believed in you and defended you look stupid. And you can't do that. And th- that's why he got 25 games. But, um, yeah, I don't expect Memphis to really contend at all. Um in the coming years, like I'm not sure if they're a real contender. They like you know record wise are good, so that's why their odds are always they always have good odds to, um, you know, win the championship. But I, I just don't, I don't think so. I think there's too many things going on in that locker room that aren't being talked about. Um, so I don't, I don't see them as a true contender. Um, all right, switching gears here to baseball. Um, so we're in June now, middle of June, towards the end of June, close to July. Um, you know, there's a few rule changes now. They have the pitch clock. So uh, pitchers have to throw the ball, you know, in a certain amount of seconds. And then also bigger bases. So it's encouraging stealing. Um, and the games, you know, before the games would be like an average baseball game would be like three hours and like 15 minutes or something like that. Which, you know, that's a long time to sit in front of the TV or to be at a stadium in the hot sun drinking beer, which sounds great. Um for like watching a game, right? Like the games are just too slow. You know, when I, I would always go to the games and you know, it'd be like the fifth inning. I feel like I was at the game for like two hours already and I would look up and it's the fifth inning. Like, okay, we still have a lot of baseball left to go, right? But I went to a game, where did I go? This was like a couple, this was like early. I think this was last month. I went in May and the game was really fast. It was really nice. It was the game was two hours and 37 minutes. It was a day game. I think it was like a 12 o'clock game or something like that. But I was in and out. I went and then I got some uh, garlic fries and some and some hot dogs and stuff. And I was just hanging out. got some drinks. And before I knew it, it was the seventh inning. I was like, oh. I was like, that's cool. The game's about to end. And it was over. And I was, I was I kind of sat there. I'm like, oh, I was kind of expecting. Like I was waiting for like more baseball to be played. Like I, like, you know, based on the averages, I needed a whole 40 minutes more of baseball if, you know, we use the same averages from the year before. So it saved me 40 minutes from because of the pitch clock and all that other stuff. And there's more movement now in baseball. Like, there's more stealing because there's bigger bases. So I'm – and I think the players like it. I think um, the fans like it. I've, I heard all the fans – you know, when I went to the game, I heard the fans outside and inside the, the stadium like, oh, you know – I thought I was gonna hate. I was overhearing conversations. A lot of people were like, "Oh, I thought I was gonna hate the, the the time, the pitch clock, and all this stuff." But I actually like it because now I could go to a day game and it's not gonna take up my entire day. It's only gonna be you know three hours or something. You know, three hours and change if you include like before and after. But like the actual game is gonna be two and a half hours on average. So like that's that's quick. That's like a long movie. That's like you're watching Benjamin Button or something in theaters. Uh, 
And so it, it's a lot easier. And a lot of people liked it. You know, they're at the urinal like, oh, I love it. I love it because the games are faster. There's more movement with the steals. And I can and I could actually enjoy watching the game again, which is amazing. So I think people are getting more engaged now than they were before. And, you know, it's it's still it's still a great game, even though I, I hate Rob Manfred. Um, I hate what's happening in Oakland. Uh, the Oakland A's are relocating, which is this was going to happen, you know, for a few years already. It was kind of in the works when uh, they couldn't get a new stadium. They need a new stadium. That stadium, the Coliseum, is a dump. Um, no one likes going there. It sucks. It it creates like a traffic nightmare. Um, the facilities are run down. Uh, there's they have possums in the press booth. Like the toilet, like half the toilets aren't even working, or half of them are like missing. Um, it's just a dump, and it, they they don't give it attention, and it's awful. And what's happened to the city of Oakland is is a shame because it's a good sports city. Um, you know, they had the Raiders, they had the Warriors, and they had the A's. And now, you know, the Raiders are in Vegas. The Warriors are in San Francisco. And then, which, I mean, everyone says it's close still, but, you know, it's it's a different it's a different vibe when you're in San Francisco than when you're in Oakland. You're going to get different fan bases. You're not going to get the same fans from Oakland coming all the way to the city to, to watch the Warriors. It's just, that's just not realistic. Also... The tickets are crazy at, at Warrior Games right now. Like they're they just they just like priced out the the normal fan base that they had. Uh, but now what's happening with the A's? Like the A's, they they put on a terrible product on the field. They're nineteen to fifty five. They're the worst team in the league. Their um, their run differential is the worst in history. It gets just a terrible team, and um, it got approved for you know the the. Um, the voters in, in Vegas approved of the new site location. It's going to be right by MGM Grand, I think, their new stadium. I've loved the mock-ups of the new stadium. It's looked nice. It's going to be a nice stadium, but um, I just I, I, it just makes me upset that the A's have to leave Oakland. Um, it's a shame. There's so much rich history in Oakland, and it's not even just sports. It's like a lot of stuff happening in Oakland that's making um, – that city is just an eyesore right now. Like, and it's just like a, a it's like the wild old west. Anything happens in uh, in Oakland, and like no one cares. Like, it's just it's sad. Um, and now they're losing their the last team. So they did a Oakland fans did a reverse boycott. So they did where they were trying to sell out the stadium. Uh, they had like twenty five thousand people there. It was crazy. It was like uh, it was so loud. So many people were there, and they were um, in support of the the. The A's staying there, so they had a bunch of signs. They were yelling, sell the team. Um, it's an ownership group that wants to leave. Um, but they haven't put a quality product on the field, so people aren't going to want to go. And, like, the tickets were free, basically, early on. Um, so they did this reverse boycott, which was amazing to see that many fans. It was electric. It was like a playoff game. And then Rob Manfred said, oh, yeah, they only had an average amount of, of fans there, 25,000. That's a league average. Like... I just I can't stand Rob Manfred the person like does this guy even like baseball I feel like Rob Manfred does not like baseball he should be in support of of teams staying in their cities that they belong in it's, it's staying in Oakland um, it's all about money though more revenue you move a team to Vegas um, then you're gonna get more money apparently but I don't even think I don't even think baseball is gonna do that well in Vegas because the Raiders it made sense because you have a lot of fans in Oakland and the Bay Area that are, are Raider fans. You have a lot of fans in L.A. that are Raider fans. So then a central location for both those areas is Vegas. And you can fly Allegiant from Oakland 
to Vegas in like an hour, 45 minutes, whatever, and it's cheap. LA to Vegas, you could either fly or drive, and it's cheap. So you could get those fan bases, and they could go. For, they could go on Friday, have like a whole little weekend with their friends. Go on Friday, go out Friday, Saturday night, and then Sunday they have the game. Um, if it's a if the morning game, they have the whole rest of the day. Then they could get back home Sunday night, go back to work on Monday. It's perfect because there's one game a week, right? So you could kind of plan ahead of it, plan around it, and stuff like that. But with baseball, you know, there's 162 games. Um, and then, you know, you're going to have a lot of different home games just like on a random like Wednesday night. Like what's like, are they going to have a lot of people there on a Wednesday night at 745 or 845 mountain time or whatever? Like, I don't think so. I think it would more be like, uh, it would mostly be like weekend games and stuff like that. We've seen, um, hockey, um, do really well. The Golden Knights just won the uh, Stanley cup. Um, there there's possibilities of a, of an NBA team. Um, they're going to expand the NBA teams and it's going to be like Seattle's going to get one. And then also Vegas. So Vegas is going to be like the new sports hub. You know, it's going to have hockey, baseball, and then it's going to have uh, football and, and basketball. So it's going to have all four major sports. I just don't think Vegas is a viable option, a viable market for baseball. Um, sure. You know, there's been a lot of great talent coming out of Vegas you know, Bryce Harper, Joey Gallo, and, well, Joey Gallo, I don't know if you want to consider him great now, but he had his moments where he can he can hit a home run, um, and Chris Bryant. But, uh, you know, if you're like an average resident living in Vegas, um, there's obviously a lot to do, you know. Um, would you rather go to a Golden Knights game, which, you know, they just won a championship, and they look like they have a lot of fun there. Uh, you know, you're indoors, so it's not as hot. Uh, I'm sure the the... A's arena is going to be a, a dome or something. Would you rather do that? Or would you rather go to, you know, Allegiant Stadium? Looks like the Death Star. You know, you have a full experience there. Nice stadium there. You watch the Raiders play. Um, you could probably watch them play the Chiefs since they're in the same division. Or would you rather go to an Oakland A's game? Um, you know, they have a horrible product. They just don't, they didn't put it together a quality team this year. Um, you know, there you go. Like, which which one would I, the A's would be the last thing for me on, on that list? And then, you know, in a few years, when they get NBA, it's gonna be last. Like, no one's gonna want to go to the A's games there. And then they might have the same problem. Like, oh yeah, we have a we have a stadium issues or attendance issues. It's like, no, we have an ownership issue, an ownership that doesn't see the quality and the value of the fans in Oakland, and it's a shame that. All these sports teams feel the same way because it's it's you know it's the political side of things in Oakland and in the Bay Area in general and in San Francisco with with everything that's happening here with all the major stores happening and whatever they whatever they want to call it the doom loop um, you know and and all these places closing but you know we still have the sports teams at least but you know yeah what's what's happening in Oakland is just uh, it's terrible um, so yeah let's go through this season so far. Um, you know the Rays are fifty-one and twenty-four, Braves in National League forty-six and twenty-six. Those are the top teams. The surprising teams, I would say, the Diamondbacks. They're forty-three and twenty-nine, leading the division, the National League West. And then when you when you think about the National League West, you know there's certain divisions that you kind of know what's going to happen, right? And National League West, it's been the Dodgers, you know, consistently for the last few years, especially with those that, you know, the star level talent that they have. Um, and then you would also probably think that it's going to be the Padres. But 
if you want to look at this division with the National League West, it's pretty interesting, actually. Uh, the Giants are, are surprising a lot of people. I know it's not made by the Giants all the time, but the Diamondbacks are surprising me, 43-29. The Dodgers have really struggled. Um, I mean, you can call it struggling for them, but they're still 39-33, and then the Giants are 39-32. Padres, they have struggled, but they're still 35-36. But struggling versus, you know, exceeding expectations, I would say the Diamondbacks and the Giants are exceeding expectations, even though the Dodgers and Giants have the same record. Dodgers are considered to be kind of struggling whereas the Giants are exceeding expectations since they were predicted to have like 70 wins. I think I said they would have like 85, 88 wins. Uh, you know, they, they signed a lot of guys with, you know, veteran guys with some pop. Mitch Hanniger, who just got on the IL with a broken forearm. Um, Michael Conforto, uh, former Oregon State Beaver, go Beavs. Me and him actually, there's a little connection here with me and him. I was Benny the Beaver in college while he was at Oregon State. Fun fact, we were interested in the same woman and, you know, you know who she chose. She chose the future baseball player, major league baseball player instead of the uh, the future optician here in the in the mascot. Um, but yeah, she was a very very attractive um, student athlete at the time. And I was like, "Oh, this is what you do because I had a I had a summer internship for Gatorade." And most of all the people that were there were uh, student athletes. And for some reason, they considered uh, being a college mascot a student athlete at the time. So I was like, oh, cool. I got to hang out with some uh, with some student athletes and, you know, do my job. So, you know, I started talking to one of my coworkers and uh, I don't know how we got the subject, but oh, yeah, first I, I think I asked her out or something like that. It was something casual, not weird, totally cool. It's like, oh no, actually, I'm um, I'm seeing someone or whatever, and then I was like, oh okay, that's cool. And then I don't know how, but she dropped the Michael Conforto thing, and at the time, he was all Pac-12 like leader in in hits and and batting average. And I was like, oh okay. I was like, I'm going to remove myself from this equation because I am, I cannot compete with Michael Conforto. Um, as as me being Bay the Beaver, the mascot, I cannot compete with uh, Michael Conforto in any way. So. Uh, yeah, that's my little tidbit about uh, Michael Conforto. We have a we have a little Oregon State connection there. Uh, go Beavs! And then so yeah, then they brought in um, Brandon Crawford. You know they they kept him in um, because he was going to move to he was probably going to move to second base with the addition of Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa did end up working out. He's back with the Twins. And then they had their whole Aaron Judge issue there. Uh, Arson Judge and then didn't get Aaron Judge. But you know what? These Giants are still competing. Um, Logan Webb is still playing well. Um, they've just clobbered the Dodgers 15-0 in L.A., which never happens. Um, and they're, they're winners of seven straight. And I know a lot of the fan base, they were they were down on, on the Giants this year. Like, oh, we'll go to the game, but it's going to be empty and, you know, it's still fun. But when I went, it was still fun. You know, crowd was still electric. I wasn't sitting in the bleachers like I normally do. I got some other other seats. Um, and, like, I, they were nice. I, I don't usually sit in that section. So it was kind of cool. It was a little quiet, but... You know, I could see from my seats that the bleacher section was still very rowdy. But um, based on the way the Dodgers are playing, the way the Padres are playing, um, and the Diamondbacks are playing, I think the Do- the Giants can make the playoffs this year. Um, they're right there in the wild card contention. I know the season's early, but I still like to look at these things, look at trends and things like that. Um, 
they're playing really well, and I'm really proud of them um, for what they've achieved, honestly, with the, the roster that they have. Um, they have some guys that got some pop, honestly. They got Yaz, he has some pop still. Um, you know, um, a lot of these guys are still can still play. You know, they, they lost Brandon Belt, obviously, to uh, – is he in – I think he's in, he's in Toronto now. And obviously it's a different team than they used to have now, but um, they're still led by their pitching and, you know, they're timely hitting. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, you know, one team that was really disappointing was the Mets, 33-38. and 38. They had the highest payroll in Major League Baseball, brought in Verlander, Scherzer, they, Francisco Lindor, got massive contract. They just threw out all this money. Uh, Steve Cohen, the new owner of the, the New York Mets, um, and they're playing like an old team an old overpriced team um obviously still a lot of baseball left to go but the struggles start with justin verlander and max scherzer um they're both you know what are they like 39 40 now like they're old they've been around a while uh but you know last year the year before like they've been playing pretty well as of late uh last few seasons but um yeah, those struggles do not seem to be getting any better for them. Uh, three of seven in their last ten games. Uh, let's see what other teams. I didn't realize the Cardinals were this bad. Thirty and forty-three. Um, let's see other teams in the National League. Um, yeah, National League is pretty wide open. You don't really have any dominant teams. Um, pretty much just the Braves, 47, 46 and twenty-six, which can be expected since they recently won uh, the World Series anyway, and they have a really good roster, um, very similar guys than they had before. And then uh, American League, you know, Tampa always on top, uh, 51-24 last few years. You know, the Rangers have been playing really well. Bruce Bochy is back, uh, back to managing. Um, good to see him back with a uh, major league team. I don't think he should have been let go or whatever they said mutually agreed to be released but um he's gonna come to oracle park in august and i'm really looking forward to going to that game seeing him back uh in san francisco would be great uh but he's he's leading the rangers to a 44 and 27 record second in the american league even without jacob Degrom, who they lost to a, a tommy john injury twins are number three 36 and 36 uh, and then you have the orioles are playing really well actually um, surprisingly, 44 and 27, weren't they? Like the worst team in the league uh, last year or something. Uh, Angels are actually playing pretty well. Uh, don't want to jinx it or anything, but 7-3 seven, seven in the last 10 games, 41 and 33. I'm just dying to see them in the playoffs. I just want to see Shohei Otani and Mike Trout both in the playoffs. I want where the start, where the lights are bright, and then everyone could talk about their performance. and like, oh, you see what Mike Trout and Shohei Otani did? Instead of talking about them in june and july like i just want to talk to talk about them in the postseason i want to see them on the biggest stage they're the, the biggest stars in baseball and they should be um they should be in the bigger games like it matters i think it matters for the league um yeah so early in the season you have some teams struggling the mariners 35 and 35 uh, the yankees 39 33 which you know if if Aaron Judge wants to say he had a better chance of of competing in in New York than San Francisco. Why don't we just look at the records? San Francisco 39 and 32, winners of 7 straight. New York Yankees 39 and 33, losers of 4 straight. So, take your pick Aaron Judge and Aaron Judge I know he's been injured, but seriously, come on, man. Let's see if that moves the needle for them and they they win the World Series. Um yeah, so that's our our baseball check-in. Um, I finished with my classes for this term. I passed everything. 
Uh, even the class that I was really struggling with that I thought I was going to fail, I got a C plus. So I'm going to take that. Uh, I have two weeks off and then my next, my I'm taking some summer classes. I'm taking a couple summer classes because I fell a little bit behind. So I need to catch up on my path. But this time next year, I will be fucking graduated from Oregon State. I will have my fucking degree finally. And I'm going to walk that stage alone. I don't care. But I'm going to do it. I'm very close. So this time next year, I'm going to graduate, guys. It's it's amazing. This has been like 12 years in the making, maybe 15 years in the making. This has taken me so long, but I can't have put this much time, effort, and money into this without accomplishing this. So I need to, to do it. So I'm, I'm almost done. I just want you guys to know that's, that's, a, that's a check-in, my education check-in that I'm almost done. Um, so yesterday was cool. I, was, I had my day off, and I had the, yesterday was like the first day in a long time where I didn't have anything to do. Like my apartment's all cleaned up. I did my laundry. I did a bunch of stuff where I could actually like sit and do nothing. And that's what I did. I just like sat and did nothing. I laid down. I watched TV. I like, that's it. I didn't do anything. So that was like the best. I, I haven't had that. Usually when I'm like not doing anything, I'm like procrastinating or pushing things off. And yesterday, no, it was fine. It was just me just existing. It was very nice. Um, some things I'm looking forward to. Uh, the Bear is coming back on the 22nd, second season. Amazing show. I started watching Life and Beth. Uh, it's an Amy Schumer show on Hulu. At first, I thought it was just a comedy, like, you know, she's kind of going through her life and her life sucks and all this. But, uh, spoiler, her mom dies the first episode. So then she's kind of dealing with grief and then she's going back home, um, getting reconnected with people she went to high school with and then, like, breaks up with her long-term partner it's a really good show like it's like i was very surprised how much i liked it because it was like very relatable she's like having to move back somewhere and then um experiencing like grief and then going through all these like um reliving traumatic experiences from her childhood because she's back home and it was actually really good it's still funny it has you know um some sad parts too but um very interesting show i think they just had the first season that came out like last year or something or earlier this year but uh, it's been it's a show that's been on hulu for a while uh, but michael sarah's in it too i haven't seen him acting anything in a while um but yeah i think uh, i think i've been pretty good you know i got in a uh, an altercation recently like when i was on lunch at work um i had to chase a guy down the street it was pretty intense but uh but yeah i think i've been okay i passed my classes i'm I'm doing my therapy thing, which I have therapy here in like an hour, so it'd be cool. I'm seeing some. I'm seeing somebody weekly. Like I, I pay her, I guess, to to talk to me, to hear my problems that I tell her about. But it's cool. It's it's been chill. Um, but yeah, that is my personal life update. And then, uh, yeah. So that's concludes this episode. We'll be back next week. I have you know now that I have less classes in the summer and some time. I'll be back next Monday. I'm shooting for next Monday again. So thanks for listening. Um, have a good rest of your week.